yeah, you're either going to get something really fresh or something really rusty, because I haven't spoken for ages. Um, but hopefully it's the former of those. Um, actually, what you're going to get is, is actually something really fresh, because um, I prepared a word yesterday, um, spent a lot of time doing it. It was a cracking one. Um, unfortunately, none of you are going to hear it, because um, as we were doing praise and worship, I felt God just download a specific word, I believe a prophetic word, for you guys as a church and for you guys as individuals as well. So I couldn't get even Google, so I'm sort of doing the word the old-fashioned way, using the actual Bible um, as opposed to the online Bible. Um, and, um, but actually, I just feel God specifically wanting to say that he is doing something new today. I thought it was interesting that you said the same thing. God is wanting you to know that he's in the process of doing something brand new. And uh, funnily enough, when we're in the car, Joe, um, my son, Joe, I brought Joe along with me, and Danny was going to come, but where we'd just come back from holiday, just got too much going on. But Joe said, look, I'd love to to come up with you. Um, Joe's been studying in Hillsong in Sydney for the last 18 months, uh, and is about to go to Moorlands to finish his degree. So I'm trying to make as much, or get as much time with him as possible before he leaves us again to, to do the next thing. But um, so he jumped in the car with me to come along, and he says, Dad, I've got a scripture, um, which I think God's wanting to say. And I'm actually going to get him to come up and share that scripture. Um, and then I'm going to preach a little bit of a preach around it, because I was like, well, that's great, son, but I'm not too sure. You know, it might go along with what I'm going to say. It might not. But actually, what God's been saying, I think, through the service, through the praise and worship, is directly in line, actually, with, with what Joe's going to share. And, um, and I'm just going to bring some thoughts around that as well um, that I feel God's saying. So, Joe, just come and share that scripture. Perfect. Thank you. Hello, everybody. It's good to see you all. Um, yeah, it's very clear that God is doing something in this congregation, um, in this church. The church isn't the building. The church is the people. And I've had the privilege to meet some of you. You all seem great. Um, but yeah, it's very clear that God is doing something new in this congregation. And the verse I got is Isaiah 43, verse 16. And it says this, I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. And I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like smoldering candlewick. But forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I'll make a pathway through the wilderness, and I'll create rivers in a dry wasteland. And the word I got for for this church as as we're on our way is that where there seems like dry wasteland, and there seems like no path going through the desert, there will be a path made it. There will be living waters filling the dry wasteland, whether it be in your lives or in the congregation. I believe that the Father will pour out his spirit into areas of your lives. And where there was dryness, there will suddenly be a source of life, a source of victory going forwards. So that being said, I'll let Dad sort of take it away. But thank you. Amen. I got this scripture um, from Mark 2.21. It says this, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. And he says this, no one um, sews a patch of unshrunk cloth onto an old garment. Otherwise, the old piece will pull away and the, from the old, making the tear even worse. No one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skin and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. 
No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. I feel what God's doing at the moment is in, in people's lives and just seeing the response really just from um, the prayer earlier as well. I just feel what God's doing is he's building something new. Um, I'm almost getting the picture really of, of a, a seed that is growing and it's coming out. It's coming out of the ground. Um, there is a root that's formed and it's going to do and it's going to bring something incredible to Basingstoke through you guys. Um, and just looking at that scripture, just looking at the, the new wine screen, new wine skin scripture, one of the things I found being a pastor for um, many, many years, nearly 19 years now, um, I've, I've pastored churches, I've, I've helped to grow churches and build churches, I've led um, a number of churches, four churches, in fact I'm, I'm sort of on the fifth really as well, we've, we've got two churches that we're, we're building um, alongside each other as gateway. Um, and actually what I found through all of the journeys that I've been through is that the new wine isn't difficult. God's wanting to pour something new into you. He's wanting to pour something new into you as a church. He's wanting to pour something new into you as individuals. What he's wanting to bring isn't, isn't the difficult part from our perspective. Actually, the difficult part from our perspective is often changing and bringing about the change that's needed in order to be able to hold what God's wanting to bring. I don't know about you, but the older I'm getting, the more I don't want to change. Um, I, I had this thing on the cruise, right? We went on a cruise. Um, we've just literally come back. It's been our 25th wedding anniversary. So to celebrate, um, we, we booked out a cruise, went to Norwegian fjords, and it was all lovely. Um, but one thing we found um, was that anyone, anyone been on a cruise here? If you've been on a cruise, what happens is often um, you get a little report coming saying the evening meal you have to dress up for. It's like black tie and stuff like that. Um, we realized that we didn't want to bother with black tie. We don't want to get involved now. The, the easiest thing for me was in my swimming shorts and T-shirt. If I could get away with going to dinner in my swimming shorts and T-shirt, happy days. So the fact that we had to dress up was miserable. Um, and I dressed up in order to get into the restaurant because they wouldn't let me in the restaurant unless I dressed up. And my goodness me, I wanted to get in the restaurant. But in order to get into the restaurant, I couldn't wait to get changed back into what I was comfortable with. The, the shorts and the t-shirt and, and all that because you know what? That's what's comfortable. I know that. I feel comfortable in that. I don't want to dress up. I don't want to have to do something a little bit different. But yet God calls us to continually grow, continually change because change is something that happens whether you like it or not. How do I know that? Because of Facebook. <laughs> Historical Facebook posts. Don't you just love them? Just to remind you how you used to look in yesteryear. How many times have I looked at those posts that have come up and thought, oh my goodness, the years have not been kind to me. Anyone else find that? It's like that was before I had a grey beard. My goodness. Um, and, 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 you know, Facebook is a great way of telling you and informing you that whether you like it or not, change happens. Change takes place in my life every single day. Because it's the way in which we know we're alive. The moment you're not changing is the moment you're dead. The fact that we are changing and growing and developing and moving forward physically is exactly the same spiritually. If you're not changing in God, something's wrong. If you're not looking back in a year from now saying, God, man, you did some stuff during this last year. It may not all be great stuff. 
fact, I've found often it's tricky stuff. But actually, the trickier the stuff, the more I see I've grown, the more I see I've developed, the more I see the hand of God pruning, the hand of God forming and developing the person that he's called me to be. I want to encourage you this morning, don't be afraid that God is bringing change. Change isn't something to fear, change is something to embrace. Change is something that allows us to take hold of the next chapter that we've got in God. I've got three areas really that I think change um, what we need to have when it comes to change and, and the attitude we need to have when it comes to change. My first thing is this, don't look back. The, again, the older we get, because I'm sort of approaching 50 now, I'm kind of thinking, actually, I'm kind of uh, looking back now. I'm, looking, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time looking at my childhood and suddenly I'm realising nostalgia is having an effect on me. I've never, had an effect, I've never even bothered looking back. Maybe it's that blooming Facebook again. I'm getting off Facebook. It's dangerous. But I've never been a person that's looked back. But as I've got older, and you don't look back. It's weird, isn't it? When you look forward, you're worried about all the things that go wrong. When you look back, you forget about everything that's gone wrong. And it just seems like a lovely time. Oh, if only... I looked at some posts recently with my kids when they were younger. And I thought, oh, wasn't it lovely? I said to Danny, wasn't it lovely when the kids were young and we had fun and, you know, we just used to play, fight. And, and then I remembered... It was blooming hard work. <laughs> because nostalgia makes you remember the good things, but you forget the bad things. But nostalgia will stop you moving forward because what it does, it makes you focus on what was. And what was is unfair because you'll remember all the good things and you'll think, if only we could get back there. And it's a lie because back there had its problems too. Actually, what we need to be doing is we need to be a people that are looking forward. Looking forward at the next thing that God's got for me. I always remember my nan. My nan used to tell me about these wonderful days when she was growing up. You know, as a kid, you used to look and you used to think, wow, what must it be like to, to, to have lived in the years that my nan lived in? And she would talk to me about this incredible time where you didn't have to leave your doors unlocked and nobody was stealing anything and... There was just that incredible sense of community. I said, when was it, Nan? She said, our early 40s. I said, Nan, that's the Second World War. The reason there was, <laughs> the reason there was you didn't have to leave your doors unlocked because there was no walls in which to attach your door. Nostalgia has a weird way of making you look at the past and remembering all the great things and forgetting all the difficult things. Nostalgia will be the thing that will if you're not careful, stop you from taking hold of something new because you're so desperate to get back to how it was. Got this scenario, haven't you, in Genesis 19 where um, Lot and Lot's wife are, are fleeing as, as Sodom and Gomorrah gets destroyed and all the situation that, that that brings. And the one thing the angels say to Lot and his wife, he says, you're going to have to go. You're going to have to flee. I'm, I'm doing something here. I'm having to do something here which isn't great, but you're going to be going into something new. Don't look back. It's interesting that. Why did he say don't look back? I mean, if, if it's all kicking off, you're going to look back, right? I will. I'll be like, wow, that's pretty cool. Not, but you know, <laughs> pretty unusual. 
But God says to Lot's wife, to Lot and his wife, I need you to go. I need you to move forward into the next chapter that I've got for you. Do not look back. And then you see what Lot's wife looking back and, and, and she gets turned to a pillar of salt and there's all this, all this terrible thing that happens. Because actually when we are called by God to come into something new, we need to look at what is ahead. Not look back at what has been. Looking back will trip you up when it comes to the things that you need to be looking out for when you're moving forward. So my challenge to you is, is my first challenge is to you is don't look back at what was. Get excited about what God's going to do. My second thing is this, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of change. The passage I got was, was that incredible passage with, um, with Peter getting out of the boat. And I shared someone came up for prayer, actually. And, and I was sort of, I, I felt God say it specifically to them, but I feel it specifically to you guys as well. In the fact, you get Peter in the boat and, and, and you, you get the storm taking place um, and horrific things, are, you know, the disciples are afraid. And to top it off, Jesus comes out to them walking in the water. Do you remember that, that scripture? Um, Jesus is there walking on the water. And the disciples are like, this is all we need. This is all we need. In the middle of a storm, now there's a ghost. That's what they say. They were, it's, the Bible says they were afraid because they thought it was a ghost. And Peter gets this revelation in, in God. He says this, Jesus, if it's you, you'll say come. If it's you, you'll tell me to get out of the boat and come to where you are. I know you well enough to know that you're going to ask me to do something that might seem scary, that might need a lot of faith, but I know that you're not a God that's going to allow me to stay in the comfort of a boat in the middle of a storm, but you're the sort of God that's going to say, get out of the boat and join me on top of the storm. And you get this scenario where Jesus says, well, come on then. And out jumps Peter and suddenly Peter's walking on water for those moments before his attention gets turned again to the waves and he starts to sink. That moment where we, we get out of the boat and we say, God, we, we refuse to be afraid. When you want to take hold of a next chapter in your life, when God is calling you to something new, don't allow fear to rob you of taking hold of what God's got for you. I remember when my daughter was young, um, she hated going to school. She, she unfortunately suffered with a bit of anxiety um, and just hated going. I remember sitting um, just having a chat with her and saying, look, Casey, what's going on? And she would tell me of all the terrible things she thought was going to happen at school that day. And I remember this. I, I felt I got this from God, not just for Case, but for myself as well. I felt God say this. Tell her, the moment, whatever you are focused on will drive your emotion. If you think the future is going to be full of worries, if you're thinking of all the things that are going to go wrong in the day, the, the, the natural sense that you'll get is fear of what the day may bring. But the moment you can turn your mind and begin to look and think and speak about good things that might happen during your day, what happens is fear goes away and excitement is it's replaced by it. You get excited about what God might do, not fearful about what the enemy might do. And I believe when it comes to change, we need to have that mentality that says this, I will get excited, I will begin to speak out, I'll begin to believe all the good things that you're going to do in my life when it comes to change. What are you expecting tomorrow? 
What is the expectation in your heart and in your life at what tomorrow is going to bring? What change might bring into your life? God is not wanting you to, to look at fear, to look with fear, but with hope. God has not given you a fearful mind, but a sound mind. When we look at the future and all the future is going to bring, let's not allow fear to get in of what could go wrong, but excitement of what could go right. Excitement allows us to take hold of things in God. Excitement is generated by faith. We have this thing with the elders. We're making some um, massive choices in our waterside congregation. We're about to take on a, a new building, um, which is a huge, huge financial project. Um, and there's, they're having to make tough decisions, tough financial decisions, not based on, on what we have, but a real faith decision when it comes to getting out of the boat. Right now in the waterside, we're going from a rental property um, that costs us £50 a week uh, to hire out. It's a village hall in Marchwood. And we're going to be taking on a building that initially will cost around 70000 to to do up. And then we're going to rent it uh, about £3,000 a month. That's huge financial decisions the trustees and the board are having to make. And, and, and one of the things I felt God say to the trustees is, don't look at what you can afford. Look at what you can't afford to do. Don't look at what you can afford to do. Look at what you can't afford to do. Because what you're really saying is, God, what can you afford and the, you know, what's the answer to that? Anybody know the answer to that? I don't got a clue. I imagine you can do anything. But as a church, what can, what, do, what can we afford not to do? Sometimes change means, you know what, if we don't change, what's going to happen? Well, the only thing that doesn't change is something that's dead. I'll tell you, the United Kingdom is littered with churches that haven't changed. And they are dwindling and dwindling and dwindling and dwindling. The churches that are moving forward, that are growing, that are taking hold of what God's got for them, are the churches that embrace change. Because God, when God does a new thing, they take hold of it. When a new wind blows, they take hold of it. When God's wanting to pour new wine, they make sure they've got the new wineskins ready to take hold of the new wine that's going to come. It doesn't matter how great the old wine used to be. God's doing a new thing. Don't get me wrong. God has done new things for hundreds and thousands of years and praise God for every single one of them. We saw um, on the cruise, we watched a video, um, a, a movie, and the movie was called The Jesus Revolution. don't know if you've heard of it. I'd never even heard of it and we watched it. Brilliant film, really, really good uh, about how God kind of changed the hippie um, culture and, and just moved in and, and you know, it really it's, it's the foundations of a charismatic revival that all took place. Um, and it's easy to go back, God, I want that. I'm like, God, I want that. And God's like, no, you don't. That happened in the 60s. You want something fresh and new for today's generations. That's what we want. We don't want to look back at what God has done. We thank God for what he's done. But God's going to do something new for us. There's a new generation. There's something new that God's going to bring to the table. And we need to be a people that are passionate for that which is yet to come, not that which has been. Let's not look back. Let's not be afraid. The third thing I've got, let's hold on with light hands the things that God has placed 
in our possession right now. Don't hold on to stuff. Don't find security in it. Your security is in God, and God is the one that never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the one security you've got that will never, ever change. But everything else in the world will change. We're probably living in the most changeable times ever known to man right now. If you, if you had gone to sleep, or if you'd been in a coma for the last five years, and suddenly you came out of that coma, just think what you'd have missed. Like, the whole world is a different place. You wouldn't even believe what's gone on for the last five years with lockdowns and all sorts of stuff, the the, the things that are taking place when it comes to um, artificial intelligence and all that stuff. Whatever you think about it, it's happening. The digital revolution that we're in the middle of at the moment. Change is something that is taking place. And as a church, change should be something we are embracing and saying, God, how can we reach you to the generations that are here right now? How can, how can we preach you? How can we share your love? How can we share your message to Generation Z or the millennial generation? How can we do that? Because I tell you now, it won't be the same way as it, as it was when you were young, when I was young. It's a new day, and we have to change as a church if we are going to survive as a church. If we're going to live and do what God's wanting us to do, we have to understand there has to be an element of change. And as a church, we need to embrace change. And I'm talking to church as in the national church. In order to do that, we have to hold on to things with light hands. It's not yours, it's God's. That ministry that you're doing at the moment, it's not yours, it's God's. The church in which you're a part of, it's not yours, it's God's. God can't change something if you're holding on so tightly, you you won't let go. But we pray though, don't we? God, God, would you just change, bring change, but not here. Not that bit, I like that bit. Bring change over there. God, would you change that person? Don't change, they're, they're lovely, I like them. But change that person. If we're asking God to change, we have to ask him with open hands. God, I let go of everything for you to bring about change. Let me tell you something, that's not easy to do. because So often we find our identity in what we're holding on to. We were asked to, to, to um, move from a church in Guildford uh, in, in um, about seven years ago now, a long time ago now. But things were going well in Guildford. We were part of a a big church, a growing church, full of young adults, full of great music, um, full of amazing things taking place. And in the middle of all of that, God says, I want you to let go because I've got something new. And guess what, Tim? I'm not telling you what that new thing is. That's great. That's that Abraham moment, isn't it? It's like, leave your father's household and go where I'm telling you to go. I, I reckon, right, I reckon the first thing Abraham said was, where's that then? It's not recorded, but I reckon that would be the... Well, okay, that's great, but tell me where I'm going. Give me something to hold on to here. Let me make an informed decision. Do I want to go there or do I want to stay here? But Abraham is the father of faith because he went. There are times when God just calls you to let go. Some of you, I just believe that, that, that God is saying, would you just let go of stuff? Not necessarily put it down, but just stop holding on to it tightly. Stop holding on to it as though it's yours. You know, in the middle of, of everything, of being a pastor, we had to let go. I, was, I went from being a pastor one minute of a church of hundreds of people 
And the next minute, I was working for um, a fundraising event where I had to dress up as Father Christmas. And I remember, I remember trudging along, dressed up as Father Christmas, going, oh my goodness, Lord, thank you for humbling me. But God says, you know what? It isn't the, it isn't the platform that's the important thing. It isn't the title that's the important thing. It's the relationship that's the important thing. And as long as we keep a great relationship with God, and you say, God, do whatever you want with me. If you want me to dress up, I'll dress up. If you want me to, to do whatever, I will do whatever you're wanting me to do because ultimately I am your kid. I'm not a pastor. I'm, I'm his kid. Whatever your position, whatever your title, whatever your ministry, whatever your work situation, all of those things come secondary to the fact that you're his kid. And that's the only thing you, you need to hang on to. Because God will change the rest. Don't God has to change the rest in order to develop and grow you. Just hang on to the fact that you are his and he's yours because that will never change. All the rest will. All the rest might. But that never will. So I've got to believe God's bringing a season of change. And what he's wanting is for people to say, you know what, God? I'm happy to be a new wineskin. I'm happy to have the new wine. Help me to change. Help me to be who you need me to be in order to take hold of the next chapter that you're bringing into my life.